You are listening to episode number 22 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me. This is Gordon Light. And I want to jump right in here. There are a lot of products in the world. If you think about it, there are a lot of physical products in the world. And when you think about all the physical products that are that are currently being made and currently available, and you think about maybe starting a brand of physical products, it almost seems like everything's already been done. It almost seems like without without inventing something new, without having some sort of like science background or invention-based background, that there's no way you're going to be able to come up with something that people are going to want. And what I'm learning and what I've learned over the past few years and what I'm trying to teach people is that that is just not the case. You see, there's this illusion that if you don't create something brand new, revolutionary from scratch and introduce that to the market as a brand new design, a new product to make someone's life better, that's completely different, 180 degrees from everything else that's out there. Uh, There's this illusion that if you don't do that, then you're never going to be successful. And that, you know, basically, quote unquote, everything's been done or that's been done. This has been done. I can't do that because it's already been done. Well, today's interview is with somebody who took a very, very common, very, very popular product, which is essentially beauty products. And how long have beauty products been around? Long time. How many different ways have beauty products been spun? A million and a half different ways. Well, this particular person took the beauty products niche up to another level. And she did so in a very creative way, but at the end of the day, she's still selling beauty products. Now, what she was able to do was change the marketing. She was able to change the audience building component. She was able to change the packaging. And then the product itself within the packaging, the end user product itself, has a certain certification behind it that a lot of people find very appealing. And it also is of a quality level that a lot of people find very, very appealing. But other than that, she's still selling a beauty product. And my point is that you can take a product that already exists and you can do that better than the next person. The whole nine yards, the packaging, the quality of the product, the the, the type of materials that go into making that product, the delivery, the application, the social media component, the, 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 the shipping, uh, fulfillment, communication, transaction, the whole experience of the customer, everything. And that is exactly what Rita Almusa did with Mint Pear Beauty. And she's going to tell that story today. And this is one of the most inspiring entrepreneurs that I've ever had the pleasure of speaking with. And some of the success that she has gotten has been on a massive scale for a number of different reasons, partially because her product is just that awesome and partially because her approach to getting that product out in front of customers and potential customers is even better. The other part of this is that Rita is married. Rita has a two-year-old son, and she comes from a background of corporate finance in which she worked 60, 65 hours a week. So there's 
there's all the pieces there that present all the challenges that most of us are faced with and she overcame them. Her and her husband, they kind of joined together and decided to go at this thing together and they overcame those obstacles and created a monster of a brand and I'm going to let her tell that story. So with that, I'm going to transfer over and without further ado, let me introduce to you Rita Almusa of Mint Pear Beauty. Okay, so Rita Almusa, thank you, first of all, so much for joining myself and the rest of the Fit Successful Dad community. Um, listen, you have a pretty impressive resume. You've got a lot of things going on and a tremendous amount of success behind you. But before we get into all of that, why don't you take a couple of minutes and just tell myself and the rest of the community who you are and what has you excited right now? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you today and also to uh, share our experiences together. It's, it's an exciting process for me as well. Um, I'm Rita Almusa, and I'm the co-founder and owner of mintpair.com, which is a cruelty-free beauty company. And what has me excited right now is uh, just the process of expansion. This past year for our company has been tremendous. So there's a lot on the forefront that we're planning right now and it's just a very exciting process. There's a lot of planning and it's it's kind of like a snowball effect where you start something and it just keeps going and you pick up, you know, little things on the way. So these are all very exciting times for us right now. Oh, that's 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 awesome. So, okay, so um I do want you to tell the whole story. Um and before we get into that, talk a little bit about your your brand in that it's a cruelty-free beauty company. What does that mean? Why is that important? And how is that different from other beauty companies? All right. Well, you know, Mint Pear's mission, uh, we started in 2015, and I'm a master esthetician and a makeup artist. And so for me, I had this passion to research ingredients and knowing exactly what's going on to your skin and exactly what you're using on a day-to-day -day basis. And you know, my husband and I really wanted to break away from that corporate lifestyle. So, you know, two years ago, my son was born and we had, you know, the six weeks that you're given for maternity leave. And it was really a, a push forward for us to take that moment and realize, you know, we can do so much more and find something that we have a passion about. And my husband was at the time researching into FBA and, and learning how to sell physical products on the Amazon market. And for me, I always had it in the back of my mind to have a skincare line or a beauty company um, that was vegan and cruelty-free. In the past, I have practiced the vegan lifestyle, so it was always something that was really close to me. And I, you know, we kind of had this moment where everything just combined and it just made sense. So from there, you know, Mint Pear's mission was to really provide cruelty-free products, makeup brushes, skincare, you know, an entire line that you could trust to use even on your child um, where the ingredients are pure and aren't doing any harm to animals or yourself. Okay, that's that's awesome. I am not a, I'm certainly not a subject matter expert in, in beauty products. So <laughs> um, is that is that something that is, um, is, is wildly different from what you would find on the, the shelves of like a, you know, your typical commercial store? 
No, you bring up a good point because I feel like even if you are someone that is a consumer of beauty products and skincare products, the majority of consumers do not flip around the bottle, even in, in a drugstore or at a department store. You know, they don't look to see what is actually inside and, and they don't actually know. There, there's just, there's kind of a miscommunication between, you know, these brands that are so heavily influenced on the market and they're marketing so hard that those are the ones that you think are better for you because they're more well-known, right? So oh, yeah. for, for our like experience, what we've had to do is we've really had to bring in awareness that that's the entire purpose behind our brand. That's why you want to support companies that are honest about what's inside of their products and they're transparent for you. Um, and I think that that's something that's kind of flipping around for our generation um, where they do realize that you know, maybe they haven't been told the complete truth about their beauty products or maybe they didn't know, you know, so just different standards. I think even coming down to organic food and, you know, this movement behind knowing exactly how the process is for what you're consuming, I think it's kind of all just coming together. So that's really where we found our niche is this this industry of, you know, beauty lovers and health lovers and people that want to know what they're consuming on a day basis. Oh, I love that. And, you know, the, one of the, one of the things that you talked about that is, um, I think is so inspiring is that you're not just, you, you guys didn't just create a brand, um, didn't just, you know, sell commodity products or even just sell beauty products. You actually have a purpose, you have a mission and your whole brand seems to be kind of tailored around that core belief that everything that you sell and that you provide to your customer base and to your fan base is going to be this cruelty product that's that's good for you that's not made up with a bunch of um, you know chemically produced things that may or may not be harmful to you you know uh, and a bunch of unknowns so that's 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 a bigger picture thing and uh, and I love that and that's that's awesome and um, I think that's one of the things that's probably going to lead to your long-term success honestly um, so that's great. So, so you've created this brand, Mint Pear Beauty, right? And I, I believe you said you launched this in 2015. Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay. May of 2015. So we're coming up on our two-year mark in about um, in like a couple weeks. That's awesome. Um, okay, that's great. So I do want you to tell that that entire story. You touched on it a little bit when you were on maternity leave, but before you get into that, mm -hmm. um, what is bringing in revenue for your household right now? So did you guys like cold turkey quit your jobs and start uh, this brand? And are you pulling revenue specifically from Mint Pear? You know, get into that a little bit. Well, first of all, I mean, I love your podcast and the fact that you are providing step-by-step -step guides for parents that want to kind of leave that lifestyle that we all have. I mean, not all of us, but many of us have experienced. <laughs> you know, um, I uh, this could this could go on for hours, you know. Trying to sum this up in a way where, you know, we, my husband and I have, uh, we've known each other for almost eight years, and we've always constantly had something in the back of our minds where we've wanted to have a business. And we, you know, 2012, we, <laughs> we're both in corporate finance, but we've always had a project on the side. And we've had projects that have failed and we've we've tried to figure out ways, you know, should it be like a, a physical product that we sell at farmers markets or should it 
be a physical product that we do through e-commerce. And we really didn't have a guide, which I think is the whole purpose behind your podcast, is to find a resource that will help you get further quickly. That's the and, goal, yep. <laughs> I, I mean, the only recommendation I can have for starting off with, you know, advice for anyone that wants to get into this, find yourself a mentor. You have got to find someone that knows the, the ropes because you can save yourself so much time and money and effort doing something, seeing someone's success level and just emulating exactly what they've done for themselves is the easiest way to get somewhere quickly. So that's my first point of advice. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, that's awesome. So I love that. And that's, I couldn't agree more. A mentor is absolutely critical for kind of getting into that mindset on a day-to-day basis, which is needed to be successful. I 100% agree. Um, and you guys, so you guys were in corporate finance. You worked a corporate job. And, you know, I don't know anybody, honestly, well, I, very, very few people I know who are in a corporate position actually enjoy being there. They do it because the money's pretty good and, you know, the job isn't really that taxing in terms of hours, but I don't know anyone that is really passionate about it. So I'm not surprised. I've interviewed a lot of people and a lot of people um, who have come on the podcast were in some sort of corporate position before they left. Some of them are still in a corporate position, but they have started to build this brand or whatever it is outside. Um, But that's, so that's not totally surprising. You guys were in corporate finance. You left, you both left corporate, uh, a corporate position. Is that true? So what exactly happened that kind of pushed us into that that moment of like, okay, let's jump off this corporate cliff. Um, I was, we, we were both working at least 60 to 65 hours a week and I was pregnant. I mean, I was working up until like, you know, 36 weeks of pregnancy. So um, it was just, it was like this immense amount of pressure of just listening to this voice inside of me that was like, why am I doing this? Like, do I have any emotional connection to this job that I'm putting so much effort into every single day? And when my son was born, it just really opened up my eyes to, you know, like the idea of like creating your own life and owning your own day and owning every single hour in your day and making sure that if you're doing something, it's because you're passionate about it. And of course it has to be, you know, um, has to be supporting your family. So when you asked me if we just kind of jumped into something without having any financial support, um, I'm very fortunate because my husband is a wonderful, um, financial budgeter. So he, he made sure that before we took this leap, we were, we were okay for, you know, a few months, but we did have a plan in place. We made sure that we were selling a certain amount of units, on Amazon at the time um, per day. So, you know, we weren't really taking money away from the business because we had saved enough. Um, We didn't have any debt. We paid off all of our debt. We didn't have a car um, loan or anything like this. It was basically just rent. And um, we just made sure that we were in a space where it was, we weren't living outside of our means. We weren't doing exotic traveling. We weren't shopping all the time to get the newest, coolest gadgets. You know, we were just we're basically preparing ourselves for the future, which, you know, in the long run, the simplicity of that was actually very freeing because you didn't feel like you needed to stay up with the Jones, you know? So, um, that was, that was really where we kind of positioned ourselves. And then, like I was saying, where my son was six weeks old and I was about to go back to work, 
and I was just like bawling. Like I was like, I can't do this. I can't go <laughs> into daycare. Like he said, we were living in Seattle at the time and we didn't have any close family. So the only option was 12 hours of daycare for my six week old baby. And that's just insane to me. I know a lot of people have to go through that because that's their only option. But I mean, we are real life examples of these parents that only had that option. And even we made it happen. Like we, we changed our thought process and we said, okay, so my husband let me stay home for the first part. And that's where we really, um, I'm sure you know, Ryan Moran was at the time becoming very popular with his podcasts and his YouTube. And so he was our mentor through that process of trying to um, create a brand, create an audience and kind of step away from the Amazon um, dependency for a brand, for a physical product. And even though, like I was saying, we had this passion and, and a, you know, an educational background in beauty, you still have to find this pain point and you still have to find a reason why people want to come to your company and support your company. Because let's be honest, I'm not the only cruelty-free beauty company out there. Uh, you know, so it comes down to, does your audience like and accept your message and like it enough to share it and want to support it. So at that time, um, we were kind of uh, following the teachings from Ryan um, and it, it was perfect because the tutorials for the makeup uh, back in 2015 were really taking off. And so I remember like the first moment where my husband Firas was like, why don't you just start using these products with your makeup and just start making YouTube videos using your products. And it was, it was just kind of like another moment where I was like, of course, why wouldn't we do that? Like I can actually advertise my product and talk about my product and why I'm using it and they can see the quality of it. So that is where the social media kind of came into, uh, to play. So we were starting to build our audience and, the reason why I'm touching in on all of this is because we were able to get a quick following on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook just based off of these videos because I was putting a face onto the company where they could actually relate a person to the brand and they were following the videos and the teachings and the educational um, aspect for these tutorials. And so there was more than just a physical product. They were getting free beauty advice and they were getting free makeup tips. And this was keeping them, you know, active and keeping the movement of our company because people were sharing the videos and talking about the videos. They were interacting and asking questions about which products to use with, you know, our makeup brushes. And at that time, we started with five products. We had five products that was our brand and that, to me like knowing beauty industries you usually have to have at least 60 SKUs to even get into an appointment for like a department store's buyer's consideration so five products was kind of it was a scary thing you know it was it was huh. something that, like would we be considered a real beauty company at five products but we pushed it because we didn't want to go over our budget you know we were trying to stay within this budget and um we only bought like a couple thousand of each skew and we kept them in our apartment like we were just doing all the fulfillment you know through amazon and through ourselves and um when we built this audience well i'm trying to think back like chronologically when 
I think it was about six months in or eight months into the business, we decided that we really needed to become independent of Amazon. And so what we did is we made some huge moves into reaching out to companies that were just way beyond our capacity, like way beyond anything we could have really thought about. But we did it anyways. We didn't have fear. We didn't set limitations for ourselves. And we reached out to beauty subscription boxes and basically had these conversations for a few months with different beauty boxes letting them know that we're interested in providing our products into their beauty. I don't know if you're familiar with subscription boxes. I can I tell you. Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, we just kind of got really, really lucky because the reason why they chose to support Mint Pair was because of our audience, because they saw that there were actual individuals. They were not paid reviews on Amazon. They were not, you know, just commodity products that were, you know, like anyone else could create there were actually valuable um products that people were loving and had passion for and they decided to take our product and i remember i cried the day that it happened but <laughs> first order from them was five hundred thousand units and hold on, so hold on, hold on. i'm gonna interrupt you there <laughs> five hundred thousand i want you to be clear five hundred thousand units five hundred thousand units wow. yeah they five hundred thousand sponges oh my gosh okay yeah, so I mean the the whole point behind that is if we had said to ourselves I mean we kind of did the reverse, right? We started with five products instead of starting with 60, instead of begging Nordstrom or begging, you know, all of these huge beautiful department stores to carry our products, we kind of did the reverse. We started with just a few products. We tried to build up our audience. We followed the teachings of Ryan and Freedom Fastlane and the tribe. And we basically just um, focused so much on what we could do from our own personal um, capacity, not really a financial, you know, huge marketing budget, but we did what we could, you know, every day I could, I can record tutorials on my own. I can edit those on my own and that doesn't cost me anything, right? So we really focused on that and then we just went for the moon. Like we we found an opportunity that could get mass exposure and from there we've had, you know, three or four different POs of that size with different subscription boxes. And so that's when you're asking like, are we making money from our brand? Um, you know, we're, we're getting sales every single day from that. We're selling at least, I mean, on our own Shopify, independent of Amazon, we're selling at least 30 units a day and we're not paying any Amazon fees. We're, our margins are amazing because it's just our profit margin, you know? So there's so much to learn, you know, starting out on Amazon. It's a wonderful, wonderful platform. And it's great to get people familiar with the whole marketing process. We learned so much about copywriting and content writing and photographs and how your real estate really depends on the photos of your product. And um, so I don't, I don't want to say that you shouldn't start that way, but you should definitely prepare yourself for a bigger picture as quickly as possible. Because as soon as you do that, your opportunities are just going to open up for you way beyond what you can imagine. So, uh, Rita, that was um, a ton of information, <laughs> and, uh, and it's um, 
it's an incredibly powerful story. I didn't I didn't know a lot of that about mint pairs. So there's there's definitely some things here that I I need to dive into. Um, well, first of all, congratulations on being Thank part you. of a subscription service. So you know, that's that's a sign of massive success. And the fact that they kind of decided to go with mint pair based around mint pairs engagement with their audience is not surprising but it's a sign that having that engagement with your audience is was and especially for you was such a critical component to your success and i think that's a critical component to any any brand's success you know so um so i just want to back up a little bit and uh, some of the things you mentioned I just want to dive into. So you launched with five products. You had five products. Now, you both quit your job, and you resorted to living off of a savings that you and your, your husband put together. Mm -hmm. So you were not drawing an income for a number of months, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And to be completely honest with you, after a certain amount of time, when we needed to um, make a huge investment into the business, we both pulled our 401ks to do so. So this was really something that, you know, coming from a financial background, that is a huge no-no. That is, <laughs> right? So for us to do that was a huge step. And my husband did leave his corporate job a few months after I did um, because at a certain point we both realized that, you know, your happiness is so much more valuable than that, you know, uh, reliable paycheck every two weeks. And that paycheck, honestly, that we were making, we we're replacing that in a in two days of business. <laughs> and that's from all of the other POs and everything like that. That's just like our daily income. So when you think about how easy it is for you to switch your mentality to being owned by a company and a paycheck, and you realize that if you're doing something and you're constantly in motion and being creative in your approach, not everyone's going to do makeup, right? But you can find something, a subject that you really are providing information and knowledge to an audience. I think that's, that's my second point of advice. If you can find something that you know a little bit more about than anyone else, you're going to have an audience and you're going to have people that follow you. And every single day we have at least 20 to 25 new subscribers to mintpair.com. And that's not necessarily like purchasing, um, you know, products, but those are clients that we can reach out to and they want to know the knowledge or they want to, you know, a little bit more about that subject. So that's also something I would consider when you are, thinking about starting a business, make sure it's not just, um, we always reference the spatula, right? Make sure, it's, unless you're like this wonderful chef, go for it. But you really need to have a little bit of an edge and you need to know a little bit more about, you know, why someone would buy this product from you specifically. I agree. And you're obviously very knowledgeable on makeup, so it makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so you launched with five products, you guys both quit your job, you are living on your savings and your cashed in 401k, or at least portion of it, and you used some of it to buy your inventory, and at this point, you are selling and only fulfilling orders through Amazon, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you start to build up a little bit of an audience. What comes first, the subscription boxes or your Shopify site? Oh, 100% we had the Shopify. Okay. So this is kind of like where my husband and I, um, you know, we are 
we're so different, but we're so the same in certain ways. And I wanted the Shopify website like from day one, just because I didn't really understand like the capacity of Amazon. Um, but you know, my husband was, he was like on the ball. Like once we decided, okay, let's do both. And it, it's a, it's a financial decision. And he's, he's really great at budgeting. Like I said, so Shopify at the time, I think it was like $20 a month. And for us, like that's, that's an expense. And are we making money? Are we making any money from it? Does that make any sense? It really didn't. So we were just kind of like, I think we started out on WordPress just to have something um, because it was free. But then we did have a a few different opinions and um, some friends that told us, no, you just need to have Shopify. You just, you need a legitimate website that people can go Honestly, the reason why we created the Shopify was because we wanted people to go from Amazon to Google and see, oh, it is a real brand. Right, right. They have a website. So even though we we made zero sales from Shopify, I don't even, like, I want to say it was six or seven months before we even had our first sell. But of course, this is way before we were proofreading and rewriting copies and getting better photos and just investing in the website. But it is important for you to have... A website no matter what because you need to be a legitimate company aside from just a private labeling company I agree I agree and for uh, those who are listening um, whether you're selling on Amazon or whether you are doing something that's not even a physical product you need to have your own website just for recognition and, and kind of carving out your own space in the internet you know to have a presence um, okay so you had a Shopify site and you weren't making any sales at least there for the first six seven months you got involved with was it one or multiple uh makeup subscription box companies so what uh what we decided to do so we were selling at the time we were selling like 20 25 units a day on amazon um which is okay you know it wasn't enough for us to live off of and it definitely wasn't like replacing our income so we needed to make a huge move in a different direction And one of the conflicts that we had with our audience is where are we sending them? Are we sending them to Amazon? Are we sending them to Shopify? Where's that like shop now link going? And the reason that we were sending them to Amazon is because we had all of these reviews and they were honest reviews and it wasn't like thousands, but we had at least a hundred to 500 on each product on Amazon. So they could have that social proof and confidence that, you know, Oh, this product has five stars. So At the time, we were kind of sending them that direction. Um, When we decided to make a shift in where we wanted to go out and contact the subscription boxes, basically what we did is we just Googled the top subscription boxes in the U.S., and it was like a list of 30. And um, we just reached out to them. We made appointments, you know, via Skype or whatever, and then we sent them samples. And this this was a tedious process because it took months for us to build relationships with them it wasn't like one phone call where they said oh great you know what let's just go ahead and you know submit this for all of our subscribers it was it was a quality test it was a test to see like how how the team would react to the product so they took it home and they used it for a while um so there was a lot that went into that process but when we did initially think about contacting these beauty boxes um a huge push for that is because I'm sure you know as you enter into retail, a retail market or a retail store, there's the chance, I mean there's risk with anything, but with retail, they can buy your products and if it doesn't move, 
usually in the contract, it says that you have to take it back after a certain amount of months. And so for us, you know, having a sell to, let's just say, keep using Nordstrom as an example, but a huge department store that buys, let's say, 10,000 products, if it doesn't move, you can't really use that money that they paid you because you might have to pay it back and take your product back. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of risk in that. And there's also a lot of risk in selling 500,000 units to a subscription box, especially when they're being imported and you need to make sure that the quality is there. There's, there's a huge risk in a lot of it. But... Um, every step of the way was something that we learned. We we utilized a network that we have within the tribe, and there were many, many successful business owners that had been through the process, not necessarily with subscription boxes, but with the process of very large orders, you know, in the in the million unit range. And when you get into those numbers, you're really on kind of like uh, the first the first time riding a bicycle. You don't you're doing you just go for it and you know if you fall down hopefully you can get back up but because we had that safety net of a network it really helped us execute and make sure that you know the first po went successfully well and once that one went successfully well that's when they said okay mint pairs capable let's do a couple more so you really just have to make sure that your resources and the people you surround yourself are there to help you and push you forward and support you in your decision-making process. That's a huge part that maybe that's my third step of advice. Um, being around people that are more successful than you are going to be beneficial to you because they're going to make you want to achieve more. They're going to um, display this success that this level of, um, you know, how do I get to that level? How do I get to that point? And, and usually if they're kind enough, they'll give you a few tips along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just had an episode, um, dedicated <laughs> to that exact mindset shift and, um, environment and community and, uh, who you keep around you and all those things. Um, and that's awesome. So she said it again, for those who are listening, um, you know, a mentor, and the people you put around you are going to absolutely have a massive impact on how well you do. And just to keep going through the timeline here, um, you went <clears throat> through the process uh, over the course of many months to finalize a relationship with a subscription box company. And you got that order placed and with the help of your, your community. And you now have, um, I'm assuming, huge invoices going out to these these companies so you're 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 getting uh that's kind of your payday right your first big payday mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um at what point did you start to see um i guess recurring orders from those subscription boxes you know how how is that going mm -hmm. and also i'm curious how much you're doing on amazon today right so two different questions there sure so as far as the big Paydays. So something that uh, Firas and I really agree on, and I really encourage this for any new business, and they call it bootstrapping. You don't take the money and just spend it on expenses or just go take vacations or, you know, you, you put it back into the business. So you put 100% of that first $500,000 or 500,000 unit order back into <laughs> MintPair. 100%. I love it. Awesome. Okay. Sorry. Keep Perfect. going. No, that's fine. A hundred percent. You know, we went into a 
uh, mindset of, okay, so we have all of these eyeballs. So yeah, it's 500,000 units, but within these subscription box companies, they have millions and millions of eyeballs. So we had millions of eyeballs redirected to our Shopify website, not Amazon, our Shopify website. And so it was an eye opener for us to realize that the more products that you have, the more chances that you're going to make a sell um, to appeal, right? So if you have only five products, your percentage of people converting that to a sell is pretty low. So at that point, we decided, okay, let's put 100% back into the business and expand our line. So from there, that's when we decided to go into skincare. And that was really my ultimate goal. But if you're developing a skincare line, it's very expensive. It's very time consuming. There's a lot of liability. So it takes a lot of research, a lot of research. But it was something that we we kind of plowed through because we wanted to make sure we weren't missing these opportunities. So at that point, we decided to bring a few skincare products. And luckily, those were some of the products that the subscription boxes wanted to carry as well. So those followed into some of our <laughs> future boxes. Wow. Um, so there's a little bit of a compound there. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, a, a huge part about that is not being afraid of of going into a different direction because if we had stayed where we were only beauty applicators and makeup brushes, you know, like that mindset of let's expand that part of our business, it, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. You know, you just kind of have to be flexible. And if you think you have a vision for your business, re reevaluate, you know, what people are reacting to and what they want to hear. Are they asking for, you know, so, um, just be very cognizant and very aware of your audience because these are your clients. You have to see them as though you're looking at them to face to face. You're having a conversation with them. They're not just numbers and transactions. Um, it's very easy for you to fall into that mentality of how many sales can you make in a day? But really, it's more about how many relationships am I making? I make myself available where my email is on our website. And I do have clients that email me about other beauty products because they know they can get advice from me outside of mint pair. So that's really important for me to know that these these clients have a trust behind the brand. Um, you, to go back onto the subject, you asked me about Amazon and if we were making sales. Yes, we're still making sales on Amazon. Um, we are not paying near as much as we were for the um, the ads and the sponsored ads and whatnot. Um, because we don't really have to. When you have an external traffic, people are going and searching for your brand. And that's a beautiful thing because it was so expensive. <laughs> and <laughs> so many changes with Amazon. And we haven't even put our beauty skincare line on Amazon because it's it's a price war. And at this point, Mint Pair is more of a high quality, um, premium quality skincare line. So we don't really have a demographic on Amazon yet for that um, because we're not going to put on our products and cut the price down to basically making, you know, $2 a unit. It's just not our, our goal. Um, especially when we're, we're making so much off of our own website right now. Um, but as far as Amazon, it is a focus for us for a few products in our line because there is a demographic on Amazon that continually purchases specific products that we're not necessarily selling on Shopify. So, um, we're kind of hitting a few different demographics, I guess, with both platforms. 
Okay, that's cool. So you're using both platforms, and both platforms are kind of necessary for keeping the numbers up. So like you said, you're not really getting a tremendous amount of sales on some of your products on your Shopify site, but you're getting a lot on Amazon. And then your skincare line isn't even on Amazon because you don't really need it to be because Shopify is so successful and the subscription boxes are so successful. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to go to Amazon and either bleed out money with sponsored ads or have like little to no profit margin on top. So that makes perfect sense. And I, I, I love hearing that, that you, you, uh, you kind of like diced up your product line and dispersed it as necessary to maximize profit. That's great. That's really cool. Um, so this is awesome. This is, and, and just, uh, just to kind of recap, I mean, this is, this is a brand that two years ago didn't exist. So you built this from nothing and the only capital you had was from what you saved up in your 401k and what you and your husband were able to save up over time. Like you didn't have a constant funding stream that you had behind this and you didn't go seek an investor and you didn't go take out a massive loan. This is all something you built with what you and your husband were able to save up, right? That's exactly right. And you know, another part of this that I completely forgot, when you have a child then you completely understand, you live a corporate job, you have <laughs> insurance, right? So there's also adding that into the pie. We're paying for family insurance on our own, private insurance. And so that's all something that you have to take into consideration. You know, there's, there's a huge conversation behind that, but it's one of the, you know, we just had to accept it and go with it because what we're doing right now and how we have we have free mornings we get to drink coffee together we get it <laughs> you know like there's just so much more than just waking up at 5 a.m rushing out the door you know uh, there's just so much that we're enjoying about life and creating every single day and having the freedom to live your life it's so worth the risk and the that little struggle in the beginning of figuring everything out it's so worth it. I mean, you, yeah. there's no way that we could ever go back to how we were living our life two years ago. Yeah, it's, um, that's funny. Everyone that I've interviewed that has made the transition that you and your husband have made have said the exact same thing about once they broke free, basically, they, they always refer to it as breaking free or breaking out of that corporate hold. Mm-hmm. And they have the ability to restructure their day however they want. It's uh, it's a, there's a sense of freedom. There's a there's a freeing aspect to that, that basically puts them in this mode where they will never, under any circumstance, go back. <laughs> and uh, and I love that. And I think a lot of what the listeners um, want to hear and and what they think about is the lifestyle that comes with being an entrepreneur. And that is probably the most appealing aspect to most people. And and I want everyone to know that, that Rita is a perfect example of what you can do with just a little bit of determination and drive and hard work that doesn't cost any money. And uh, she did that with her windows of time around raising her son with her husband. So it's not like she could focus on it 18, 20 hours a day. You know, she had to be creative and use her time wisely and efficiently. But in two years... You know, look what she's created. She's living the lifestyle that she wants and that her husband wants, and she can be around her son more and kind of go anywhere at any time and operate this brand from pretty much anywhere. And...
So take that as a as an example of what of what can be done. Um, Rita, I'm curious, what was the the hardest part about building your brand from nothing? The hardest part about building our brand from nothing was the constant fear and kind of played in the back of our mind of, did we pick the right products? I think anyone that starts out on Amazon has this feeling of, oh my goodness, did I go into the right category? <laughs> did I just take like you know, entrepreneur suicide because I just a product that has a competitor that has... 5,000 reviews and we have two, you know, so there was just this constant feeling. And of course it was like, you know, almost all on me because I'm the one picking those beauty products. But, um, we kind of, we had to really just remind ourselves that if we keep pushing forward with these products, we can make them move. But that was, that was the hardest part for us because it was figuring out how do we compete with these companies. My husband was doing so much research on trying to find these different, you know, resources and companies that could help us kind of compete with those big names. And that was a lot of the work. A lot of the work was in the very beginning when we were trying to establish um, relevance in the market because there's so much competition. But I, I don't want to say that in a discouraging way because competition is wonderful. If you have people searching for these products, if you can show up in those searches, they're going to see your products eventually. If there are no eyeballs, if there's no traffic on your street, you're not going to sell anything. So don't let that uh, keep you from going into a competitive niche or market. You just have to find what sets you apart, that differentiating factor and for us, that was, like you were saying, the tutorials on the free time that we had. I mean, I was nursing my son, putting him down for a nap, and I didn't even have a real camera at the time. I was flipping open my MacBook and putting this bright light bulb in front of my face, and I was recording the first tutorials on my MacBook. So, you know, there's just, there's no excuse. If you want to make it work, you just kind of have to do with your resources, you know, and, and then from there we grew. Obviously, we have a studio now with all the lighting and the fancy stuff, but it didn't start out that way. So you just have to, you know, remove all of those limitations, like I said, and just really stay focused on finding that differentiating factor once you do pick a product or a category. Um, the hardest part for you is to really figure out how you can capture your audience and keep them um, relevant and re like repeating, you know, returning to your website or returning to your Instagram or returning to your Facebook pages. And um, that's the that's where you should put the most effort into your brand and your business is building relationships with your audience. I love that, and I couldn't agree more. The audience is probably the most, if not the most important part of building a brand. Um, what would you say was the huge sigh of relief in building Mint Pair? Uh, the, the, big, the big sigh of relief, the big, um, the big eye-opening thing that showed that it was actually starting to take off and that it was going to work. I mean, we're still in that phase. Like, we're... <laughs> I think with any entrepreneur, you're just kind of thinking like, you know, when is that big break? Like, when do we get like take a trip to, you know, like Thailand and just live there for a few months? Like, we're still waiting for that moment because we won't like, we won't feel completely detached that it's working on its own. 
maybe once we get all of the the skincare lined up and a few different products that are automated um that will be a point for us because we we like put all of this uh, emotion and drive into getting us to this point and now we just need to set sell and so i think that point will be when the products are all live um there's a huge process in selecting your products and packaging and containers and you know all of this all these little details so that that's about to happen for us so um if i can say the first point where we felt like oh wow we have a real brand was when we were reaching out to bloggers um and different um like makeup artists that had audiences and we were utilizing their audiences when we were just uh, reaching out to them and sending them our products I think the first moment where we felt like wow we actually have a company was seeing their videos and seeing the reaction to them using our products um that was very exciting because as someone that's creating tutorials myself I look up to these women um I learn from these women and so seeing them embrace and use the product and we were not paying them to use our products we were basically just taking a chance like hey if you like the product use this in your video again because we were on a budget so we didn't want to pay them $2000 to make a video some people would disagree and say it's worth it but we went a different route so that was our first step of like uh realizing wow look at this video it has you know 100,000 views on YouTube and it's you know this crazy YouTube sensation and she's using mint pear Oh, that's really cool. That that's got to be a really cool experience too, especially you know seeing your own stuff and and getting um basically taking like almost a viral going through a viral viral amount of exposure. That's pretty neat. Uh do you plan on expanding Mint Pear beyond kind of what the what you're doing right now, you know, skincare and and associated skincare related uh products like brushes and things? Do you plan on expanding that into things that are like kind of way beyond that or do you plan on keeping it relatively focused It's really interesting and now this is something that you can tell that another entrepreneur is asking another entrepreneur because <laughs> it's very it's very accurate you're always constantly thinking of ways that you can expand and grow and cater to your audience that you've already spent so much time building right you don't want to let that um lifeline end you know you want to keep having repeat buyers and loyal customers and if they love your products they can always trust the quality behind your brand so for us 100% we've already looked into different areas that are not just specific to women or to makeup or skincare um so basically it will be like a big umbrella company um and to be completely fair and honest you know my husband's not here to represent himself but he's already expanded into different um different companies that are not under mint pair but they're under the same idea of building an audience and that's in you know the pet industry and the outdoor industry and there's just um there's so much that we will probably cross promote to our existing audience even though it's not the same brand but 100% anyone that stays with their same like i said main mentality and product and vision of a company if you are not fluid and you don't reevaluate and become flexible and constantly have this motion of moving towards what's the demand 
um, behind your audience, then your audience is going to become stale and they're not going to be as passionate about your brand. So you always have to consider expansion and um, just experimentation with different uh, categories and products, 100%. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Yeah, standing still is is basically moving backwards in this industry, unfortunately. Um, so how many hours a day would you say you, on average, on average, um, spend working on mint pair? And that's across everything that you do that um, I know a lot of it doesn't seem like work to you because you're so passionate about it, but consider everything you do related to mint pair as work. How many hours a day would you, sp you say you spend working? Between my husband and myself, uh, my husband is also a project manager, so he's doing that on the side. He has time to do that. Um, he's working with uh, Ryan Moran, capitalism.com. So he has enough time in the day to do something that he's passionate about, which is project management. And then I, um, we have our son that goes to Montessori. We made that decision because we did need to have some real focus hours without, you know, little Nimmer pulling on my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to daycare from about 10 to 3, five days a week. And that would be, I mean, out of that time, and this is including like creating, being creative with tutorials and all of the different things. I would say maybe like three hours a day is how much, I mean, three hours a day. I was working 12 hours a day for corporate world. And yeah. <laughs> remember you said the difference in how we're making. So if you want to really hone in and say, is your day worth 12 hours and you're making this paycheck for two weeks. And we were making a lot of money um, in the corporate world. But um, what is a lot of money? I mean, you have to really remove that whole thought process behind what is a lot of money in a corporate job versus what you can make for yourself working three hours a day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a completely different way of thinking. And it's, it, I don't want to get too too off track here, but it's definitely a way of thinking that is kind of embedded in a lot of people, at least in the U.S., at a very, very young age, that this is the traditional path, this is the tr traditional track that you're going to follow, and it's going to end with you getting a job in for somebody, working for somebody, making some amount of money for 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and with that comes wear and tear on your car, having special clothes that you only wear to work and having to buy lunch when you're out and about or pack your own and worry about that stuff and all these other things I know you and probably everybody listening to this are already aware of but a lot of this stuff goes out the window when you are doing your own thing and so accurate very yeah. accurate <laughs> all of my business suits are still in their own like when we had my son I kind of put them away for the season they're still in those bins <laughs> like I won't I won't let them go because they're so expensive but I'm not using them you know and you're right like so many things change about where you're putting your your paycheck because you have to kind of cater to that lifestyle when you're in corporate the corporate world anyways and impressing you know all of your clients and your boss and everything like there's just such a big shift in mentality um behind like what what the dollar is worth and what your hour is worth once you make that shift like you're saying Exactly. Yeah. But very well said. That's perfect. Um, well, we're kind of coming up on it here. Um, I do just have a couple more questions. Um, so you said your your son right now is in uh, he's in daycare for 
about five hours a day, right? Ten to three, I think you said. Um, when he's around on the weekends, do you do any work on the weekends or do you kind of just focus all on family? How's that work? Uh, very minimal, very minimal. And we are so interactive with our son. And, you know, I mentioned how we didn't want to send him to daycare at six weeks old for uh, 12 hours a day. Right now he's in a learning Montessori, which is very different than just a regular daycare. So it's kind of like a, a pre-start. And so he's learning. We feel good about it that he's at this two-year mark where he should be interacting with other children um, because we do only have one son. So even that, the fact that we can pay for that and it's very expensive, but we can put him in a school that he's interacting with children and learning. And then when he comes home, he gets 100% of mommy and daddy. Um, it's it's worth everything because, of course, everything we do as parents is for our children, right? Everything we do during the day is so that we can provide a life for our offspring and our children and give them the best. So we we go out. We're in Austin, Texas now, and we have been exploring the city every single weekend with any stress about going back to work on Monday. You know, it's <laughs> such a feeling like our weekend can be during the week if we don't want to send him to, to school I don't have to if I want to go down to the river and walk with him because I don't have anything to do that day I can do that I don't have to take a paid day off you know <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty wonderful rewarding feeling and I know that the biggest problem or the biggest um, conflict for anyone that's just thinking about making that shift is, yeah, it sounds easy. You know, you can't really put yourself into Mint Pear's story because that's Mint Pear's story. But you have to be able to open your mind and really maybe take like a good week or weekend to just clear your mind of anything and let something come to you. Like when your mind is clear, you might have an epiphany and you might realize that the thing that you're working so hard to figure out, like what product I should bring or what business I should start, it's somewhere inside of you, but you're just keeping that voice down, maybe because you're scared of it, maybe because you don't want to take the risk, or maybe because you're vulnerable. Um, you don't think that you know as much as someone else in that in that industry. But if I let that stop us from the beginning, I mean, when I was doing these tutorials, do you think I knew more than a million of these girls on YouTube? Did it, like they're so beautiful. They're so gorgeous and they know so much more than I do, but we just went for it. We just removed the fear that, you know what, there's, there are 7 billion people in the world and you're going to capture some of their attention. So just think of it that way. Oh, that's that's awesome. And the the last part there about just being fearless, you know, when you had every reason to have enough fear to drive you away from doing that, and you went for it anyway. Uh, that's kind of what sets people apart. That's and and anybody can make that shift, I think. But naturally, a lot of people don't want to put themselves in that position. You know? Um. No, oh, and that's that's um, that's really cool. And and the amount of time that you're able to spend with your family on the weekends and everything is is just another side effect of having that freedom, you know, that lifestyle, the entrepreneurial lifestyle, which is great. And, and that's what we're trying to help other people achieve. So, um, so I just have two more questions. Um, first is if you could do everything that you've done with Mint Pair and your jobs or your your corporate job. Um, 
if you could do any of that differently, uh, and you could do, you could kind of start over, what would you do, if anything? Hmm. It's kind of interesting how everything kind of played out because my husband, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny if you want to think about things are supposed to happen the way they happen. I met my husband because he was studying in Utah for corporate finance. And so if he hadn't had that drive to get into that, um, that world, I wouldn't have met him. He's originally from Amman, Jordan. Um, we then moved to Jordan for three years and then we moved to Seattle for three years. And so if we didn't move to Seattle, and start working the corporate finance world, we wouldn't have known about Amazon. My husband wouldn't have met so many people that work for Amazon or that are doing FBA. So everything that we were doing was kind of leading up to this moment of our freedom or a breakaway freedom. Like you were saying, if I could do anything over, oh, that's very, I mean, honestly, I, I don't think we, we, we need to do anything differently the only thing i would recommend for anyone else out there if they're starting something on their own you have to really um, be honest with yourself and realize that you might have some strengths and you have weaknesses everybody does and my husband and i like i said we're very different but we're very similar in that we both want to be entrepreneurs and we both want to have our independence but yet he's very very good at things that i am not good at at all in the business and that's, that's okay. We've accepted that. Obviously, um, you know, I do the tutorials and he does different things that are so vital to the business and we found our equal part. And so if you realize that you might need a partner to fill in those gaps for you because you cannot do it all. You really have to accept that as an entrepreneur, you can work 100 hours a week and that's not freedom either. So you need to figure out if it's something that you might need a, a second um, set of eyes on or just a different perspective, then you should go that route. So um, if I could change anything, I would definitely just say that from the beginning, realizing that you have your strengths and you stick to those strengths and let that other person or that other partner kind of push through in their strengths that's the best thing you can do. Um, the best thing you can do for your business. Awesome. So yeah, so do what you're good at and <laughs> push all that other stuff onto people who are good at that stuff. <laughs> um, Rita, this has been such an amazing conversation. Um, so, you know, once again, I just want to thank you for coming on. I, I personally got so much out of listening to this story. I mean, there was so many aspects to it that I had no idea about just from our initial conversations, you know, I wasn't able to, to really pull any of this information out of those uh, until you started talk, talking here in the interview, um, which is awesome. So thank you. I'm, I'm probably not your target audience, but I can absolutely get on board with the way that you've built your brand. It's incredible. I love what you're doing. I think a ton of people are going to get a tremendous amount of value out of this. Um, so I have one more question. And I want you to picture yourself standing on a stage right now in front of a like a function room, right, or a, an event full of parents, you know, just like um, just like me, just like you, you know, a couple years ago, um, who aren't entrepreneurs but they want to pursue uh, pursue that entrepreneurial uh, path, right? They want to turn their vision into reality. They want to build their own version of Mint Pair, okay? Um, they just don't think it's possible given their schedule, money, energy, all the constraints that we have basically been told 
are going to be part of our major adult life. Right? You're standing up there, they're all looking at you. What do you tell them? Something that we realized this past year, um, we have siblings. I have siblings, my husband has siblings. If you yourself feel like there's something else for you in life beyond your nine to five job, and hopefully that's everyone, but some people don't feel that way. But if it's inside of you, then you need to pursue it because you have a passion to find your freedom. And another point of advice for the parenting aspect, I feel like there's so much guilt onto an entrepreneur in the beginning of your business because you're spending so much time on your other child, which is your business. And there's so much guilt coming from every aspect, family members, society, social media, that you're not doing the right thing. You're not following that book that you're supposed to be following. Throw that guidebook away because doing something for your family right now that is going to create so much freedom and a beautiful life you can't even imagine if you just if you just focus in and take away the guilt and just push through and persevere until you get to that point where you are only working three hours a day and you do have the opportunity to go travel and see you know family members in different areas of the world um you're doing the right thing so just that's my advice to anyone out there that has any fear or needs guidance or like that push, just go for it. Incredible. Thank you so much, Rita. Um, how can people reach out to you and get in touch with you and find out more about Mint Pair? I would love that 100%. Uh, they can <laughs> email me at Rita, R-I-T-A, at Mint pair.com and also that information is available on our website mintpair.com pair.com and you have social media links i'll post those in the show notes but they're all over the website as well at mintpair.com i think i remember seeing those mm -hmm. yep. okay well that's it um rita once again you know i'm gonna thank you one more time this has been absolutely inspirational and motivating and inspiring and i can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast so congratulations to all your successes and thank you so much again for allowing me to interview you thank you so much and again i appreciate you you are an inspiration to so many people and your success is just amazing so i i'm honored to be here today okay well thank you so much rita and i will talk to you soon okay sounds great all right take care I want you to imagine for one second just what it would feel like to receive an order for 500,000 units of whatever product it is that you're selling. 500,000, half of a million units of whatever you're selling. Because no matter what situation you're in right now, if you're a parent of one, two, three, four, multiple kids, if you are working a nine to five or you're working multiple jobs, there is nothing holding you back from being on the receiving end of that 500,000 unit order other than yourself. You are the only person getting in your way. Now, Rita is a perfect example of someone who did not have everything handed to her. She did not have independent wealth or anything like that. She just had some creativity, some work ethic, and the willingness to step forward and kind of take that risk and get outside of her comfort zone and chase something that she was truly passionate about, which was not just makeup, but makeup that was Leaping Bunny certified, cruelty-free, all-natural, 
you know, that was something she's passionate about and she went after it. And by combining all those things, creativity, work ethic, and that go-getter attitude, she was able to build that brand and make it work. And there she is now standing kind of on top with all of that success kind of underneath her. And she just continues to aim higher and higher and higher. So I recommend you do yourself a favor and go check out mintpair.com and also her Instagram, mintpairbeauty, the Instagram tag. And if you want to get in touch with Rita directly, you can email her at Rita, R-I-T-A, at mintpair.com. And I recommend at least checking out how they build their social media, how she has built her brand and presents it out into the world. Uh, because it's it's awesome. She did a great job, and uh, she's just continuing to kill it. So, Mint Pear Beauty, Rita Almusa, go check it out. And if you enjoyed this interview, please share it with somebody else who you think would also enjoy listening to this and hearing what this mother and wife and former nine to fiver has built from nothing over a very short period of time. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website, Fit Successful Dad. And with that. I will catch you guys on the next episode. Take care.